Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Arsaholics podcast on Sunday. Recording. Uh, it, it actually just feels like a few hours after the Chelsea game, but it's actually been many hours. For one of the guys on this pod with me, not Mize, Aaronen, it would uh, probably feel like it's been a bit of a blur today because he's <laughs> he is well. I was going to say probably hanging, but no, you're probably still buzzing. Um, Aaron um, was at the game and has been celebrating in style. Mate, I mean, maybe Mize and I just need to take a back seat for this pod and just let you go on a 30 minute. Just do do it like a, just, just tell us how you feel because I mean, my God, like watching it on TV, uh, what can only be described as just a great, great day to be an Arsenal fan. Um, just a fantastic win, but tell us about it, Aaron. And, how do, how how was how was your day? Do you have a good day? Good evening. Good evening. First of all, to one and everyone. Um, yeah, it was wicked, man. Um, ah, where do I start? It was like my first time away at Stamford Bridge. Um, I actually really like. I thought it was a very nice stadium. Very, I quite like it. And the do view we the had experience of like, as opposed to you know the the as opposed to the stadium itself it's not like a big 60 70,000 no, no i think it's like a nice sized stadium where and especially where honestly where i sat it was probably the best view of a football pitch i've ever had in my life like it was just it was like commentary view where i could see everything perfectly and bloody that's how hell, we like, felt Mike. when my yeah. went last time i think it's a really similar thing yeah and you're on mute you're oh, on man, mute. what i saw was um amazing um yeah, oh man, it was it was brilliant. Like the atmosphere obviously was was brilliant. We went we went to a, a pub in Victoria very early on because it was a, a midday kickoff in the UK, which was not ideal. But when you know we we made it work, we got there, everyone was buzzing, everyone was singing, it was loud. And honestly, the Chelsea fans, oh, they were like I've never seen a home crowd so quiet in my life. And yeah, that is Chelsea. Like Chelsea, I think this year have been pretty average, but the performance we put out today, I think a few Chelsea fans are watching that probably thinking like, wow, this is like, this is good. It was good. I mean, I think I saw, I think the way I, I, I phrased it after we, after we left was that that was the most dominant one nil battering I've ever seen mm-hmm. in that we were, the only thing that we were thinking throughout this game is if we do not win this game, it will be a travesty um, because we were so dominant. I thought defensively we were incredible. I thought all the defenders had brilliant games. Zinchenko, you know, probably not as polished as he could be, but everyone else was incredible. And I thought it was just a case of could we get the goal and could we then make it count? And we did. And then after the game, everyone was singing. Everyone was in such a good mood caught up with some gooners in the pub afterwards and everyone was like this is like we're we're in a title race whether we whether we want it or not we're in a title race and we're giving it a good go and we're resigned to the fact that you know realistically man city will probably pip us and it will be comfortable but until then everyone's going to have a brilliant time of it and every we're just going to enjoy it and i think that's what that's what everyone's doing what was the what was your before before kickoff what was the feeling in the fans when you were because it's quite a nice it's like a little area that uh um, the away concourse at chelsea isn't it it's like it's um it can get quite compact um yeah. and i imagine you were having a lot of conversation with arsenal fans there what, what did what did people feel like before the game i think 
you you ask people everyone thinks that we're clearly better than Chelsea I think you look at the players they put out you look at the players we put out I think man for man we're a better team um I think there's this very typical Arsenal fan thing of what are we going to get found out today is today the day that we get found out and this title race team thing just stops happening but you know then the player so everyone's like oh we can win we we should win but we're also capable of losing because yeah there's no logical reason why we should lose today you think about it we've been by far the best team in the league this season Chelsea have not been good they lost to Brighton they got smashed by Brighton and yes they had a you know a a bit of a rest midweek because they rotated quite a bit I think generally the feeling was that if we lose today or if we drop points it won't be because of Chelsea it will be because of us and we were in full control of our own destiny. And if we play badly, which we are capable of, we've seen it before, we could lose. But also, if we play well, we could win and we could win comfortably. And I think that was the general feeling. So, yeah, yeah. That. My, my, as I know, it, um, we did obviously preview the game, but Aaron had said something there, uh, to, just to picking up on it, Aaron and said, there's no logical reason why we weren't going to win the game, basically. Um, I mean, do, do, do you agree with that? Do you agree that um, you know, b- before kickoff, everything points to the fact that we should win that game? Not n- well. So I predicted we'd win. Um, so obviously, uh, actually, you yeah. predicted we'd win. Aaron and I both predicted a draw, didn't we? Yeah, yeah. I think I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And to be fair, my my sort of prediction <laughs> as we approached kickoff, and I was in the pub, um, sort of talking about the game with mates, my prediction slightly changed. Where not for any particular reason, probably just nerves more than anything. I start to think we might draw, but um, uh, not necessarily. I mean, look, football's football at the end of the day. So as much as you know, um, Man City should basically win every single game they play this season. They're not going to, right? Um, so I guess it's not as straightforward and as simple as that. But I guess probably what what Aaron and said. The way I kind of take that is more this result for me almost showed that even though we've beaten Chelsea at the bridge a couple of, well, three seasons in a row now after today, it's almost like um, this team can now, you know, having won against Spurs, having won against Liverpool and now done it away this season at another big club or against another big club, a big team. It's almost like, I don't want to use the word fear factor, but it's probably the best way I can describe it. You know, they can, they can almost like remove that fear factor. um, And, it's almost like we've overcome like another hurdle, another another obstacle, um, which is which is massive. And like we put in the the description for this for this episode for this video, you know, was it a statement win or you know this is a statement? And it does feel like it's a statement win. It does feel like it's a win where people have started to take sit up and take notice of us. I think Arsenal fans have started to sit up and take notice of what Arteta is doing, and I think this win really really kind of emphasizes that if that makes sense i think it really now we, we really look like a serious team basically we look like a really serious team and um you know we keep saying you know it's going to be more challenges to come further down the line what happens when party gets injured sorry party gets injured or what happens when this player goes out or whatever and and fine you know we're going to have to deal with that and we probably are going to struggle but you know i start of this season i you know probably like any other arsenal fan maybe apart from aaron and to be fair i think he was the only one that said we've maybe got a chance at doing something you know aside from just top four um and even after what we've done up until today 
I still didn't. I, I'm struggling to kind of. I'm. I, I've. Re, I've really been. I've, I've been reluctant to sort of say to myself and say to you guys, you know what? I think we can actually do something this season. And I'm not saying after beating Chelsea, we 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 can. When I say do something, you know, really challenge City. And I'm still not sure we can. But you know, every week goes by, and we keep winning games, and we keep pulling out performances, and we keep, you know, dominating teams, which is like the, probably the most impressive thing out of it all. You know, we're going into these games, and now the performances are across the team you know from front to back today we were we were excellent we were excellent the only thing that was probably the only criticism was probably kind of the final you know finishing basically you know we weren't clin- clinical enough um yeah and 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 like it, i think week by week my, i'm starting to kind of i'm not again i'm not saying that we will challenge for the title or that's what i think we'll do but you know that kind of getting a real stronghold on a top four position if we can do that early on this season, i.e. kind of get the points where top four is almost pretty much comfortable, then it's quite going to be quite interesting for the running because then it's like, well, what? how high can we finish? And who knows what happens with City, right? If they, their goals, their goals seem to be, you know, from how they used to play for the last few seasons where their goals came from everywhere. Now it seems that they're all coming from one player. If that player does, if something happens to him, I'm not saying they haven't got obviously amazing quality throughout, but, you know who knows, right? So, I guess I'm. I guess what I'm trying to say is I'm starting to believe a little bit that we could do something special this season. But it's still, it's still like I'd probably put it at like a ten percent chance for me. On on that note, like I was saying this to people today, we were. Well, I was watching the Man City game yesterday, and I was annoyed when Man City dropped points. I mean, Man City won their game, and I was just thinking afterwards, like, how far have we come? And we're watching Man City games, being annoyed when they win a game, hmm. because. They are they are the level that we're competing with again. Before it was we were watching Tottenham games, we were watching Leicester games, Everton games, West Ham games. You know, when we were watching West Ham last season, thinking, "Ah, oh, West Ham have mm-hmm. dropped points. Um, this is good for us." And no disrespect to West Ham, but um, it's we've gone up a level. We have leveled up, right? We've we've seen we've been asking ourselves this question that you know last season we were a top four team that just missed out, and what are we this season? Um, you know, 11, 11 games in, and of course it could all go wrong, and that's the Arsenal fan in me think like coming out. But we are a bit better than a top four team now. The question is how much better, and we'll find that out. And and Aaron, you know, on TV it looked to me anyway that it was just a real technical domination. So y- you talked about how um, you know the feeling seemed to be at the ground that. You know, if we don't, if we don't win this, it'll be an outrage. You know, it would be you know a travesty. I think was a word to use. Um, and there are games right where one team just batters the other, has thirty shots on goal, and 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 you know none go go in. And and you look at games like that, and you kind of go, what, how did that team not win? And this wasn't quite like that. If you look at the stats, it wasn't like we peppered the goal with chances. But it still, as I said on TV, just felt like a total technical domination where. It was just one incredibly high performance side versus a side who, you know, wasn't. It was almost like Arsenal were going away to to Brentford or, or or Bournemouth. No disrespect to those teams, but just you know, not necessarily away to Chelsea. Is that the feeling that you guys had in the stadium? Did, did was that golf in? Was that golf that I'm describing evident? Yeah, I think it was. It it almost felt like we were the home team. 
today because we were so dominant on the ball. We were the ones obviously making the noise on the stands, but on the pitch, we were very confident and we were playing our game and it was up to Chelsea to try and stop us from playing our game. Um, and yet sometimes when you go away, you have to adapt and you have to caveat that because you know the opposition are going to come at you and you have to do something different to stop them. But it very much looked like it was on Chelsea to stop us. And again, this is the psychology of this season where we're the team that are top of the league coming to all these big teams now. We're the team that are above them and they're thinking, oh, the team at the top of the league are coming to us. We need to do something different. And that was very, very evident. I thought, you know, that there's obviously the caveat that Chelsea could at any point do something, especially when it was nil nil or even one nil. They all need they only needed one chance, and that was a fear, which was are we gonna be able to concentrate and not and keep our focus for the 90 minutes and make sure that we don't let Chelsea in and we don't like do something silly and we don't um, make any mistakes that cost us. But I don't think we did. And, and, you know, as good as we were, I also thought Chelsea were actually pretty, pretty poor. There were a few times where they got in behind us, they got into some dangerous positions and they, their, their delivery was just awful. Um, I think I remember Havertz was in behind once and, he just completely, you know, made the wrong decision and, and crossed it to no one. The Sterling was ineffective with the final ball. Uh, you know, Aubameyang did very, very little. Then when Broya came on, he did very, very little. So, yeah, I think we were very, very good, but we were obviously helped by the fact that Chelsea were just, I don't know if they were shocked, but I just, I don't know. Oh, yes, we did nullify them, but I think they were just very, we're just ineffective completely. I think a better team probably gives us a, a bit of a game. It's interesting because, like you mentioned, they come into the game um, sort of not in the greatest patch of form under under Potter's kind of era. He, he, this is probably the worst little patch of his, of his limited time that he's been there. Um, they've obviously got a number of injuries. Ben Chilwell got injured the other day as well. Um, so it's kind of a not 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 a botch team, not a botch team at all. But you know, not necessarily the the, the top strength side. And that was a feature, I think, in the analysis of the game afterwards. It was a uh, you know, did did Chelsea let Arsenal play that way? And um, you know, was it more of a case of Chelsea playing badly? I, I would, my you know, I suppose I come to you with this question. It's every every time a team wins one team loses. And in that situation, someone always looks at the team that loses and says, you know, what could they have done better? And it feels like in all of Arsenal's games this season, it's been a case of, yeah, but you know, if Fulham did this and that wouldn't have happened, if Palace did this and that wouldn't have happened, if Liverpool did this, that wouldn't have happened. It's that sort of thing. Do you feel like really people should be giving Arsenal more credit for not letting teams play the way that they would like to play? And it's not necessarily a case of teams playing badly, allowing Arsenal to play well. It's the other way around. Or is that being perhaps too, um, I suppose, rose-tinted as an Arsenal fan? Uh, it's, prob- it's probably not. I think when you look at sort of, I guess, from a pundit's perspective or BT Sports, Sky Sports, whatever, post-match, if it's a big game between two big clubs, ultimately they have to look at why like you say, if one team one team wins, the other team loses, why that team has lost and they need to start maybe looking at why their performance wasn't up to scratch and start 
exploring the reasons for their injuries, poor performance tactics, whatever. So I think that's just a normal thing and it doesn't really kind of bother me too much. Um, in terms of kind of the credit that, you know, are we getting the credit that we deserve from almost stopping other teams or our opposition playing the way that they want to play? I mean, I feel like, I feel like we're getting a fair bit of credit to be to be fair from the media. Mm-hmm. I think generally people are talking about us pretty positively. I think they see, you know, we keep talking about what what Gabriel Jesus adds to this team and adds to that front line and you know, obviously it's not goals at the moment, but just everything else pretty much and I think one thing we saw today which the commentator I mean, I was in a pub to be fair so I couldn't really hear the commentary, but I think I could hear, you know, it was it was uh, it was difficult to hear the commentary. But from what I could hear, you know, they seem to be really praising, um, you know, the pressing of Jesus and basically, you know, that's a, that's a common theme, right? Martinelli, Saka, Erdegaard, Jesus, they all press really as Xhaka as well. Now they all press really, really well, really high up the pr- high up the pitch. Sorry, it's very, very energetic. It's very, it's very much, you know, let's try and win the ball back as high as possible. And and I think Jesus was a perfect example of that where I think there was a couple of times where he really put, put um, Thiago Silva and the other defenders under pressure and he won the ball back. And I think he basically created chances for himself or created chances for the team as a result of that. And I think, I think people are taking notice of that. Um, and because it's been, it's, it's been a consistent thing, right? It's just been a very consistent thing. As soon as he came into the team, I mean, everyone else was doing it. Obviously, last season we had Lacazette pretty much as our striker, and obviously that's not really his game. It wasn't his game, and and I think the fact that it's now happening as a unit, uh, you know, an attacking unit that are pressing super, super high up the pitch and really, really aggressively, um, that is probably one of the main reasons why Chelsea couldn't play today, um, and we really, really did try and stop them um, high up the pitch. And yeah, so I mean, yeah, I wouldn't really say that. Uh, I'm expecting any more praise. I think maybe people in general are probably holding back from giving Arsenal a little bit of praise because they're basically waiting for us to lose our foot. You know, well, I know we've lost a game this season, but they're waiting for us to have that kind of bad patch or a bad injury or lose a couple of games. And then they're going to say, oh, yeah, yeah, this is what we, this is what we knew was going to come with Arsenal. And obviously we're kind of proving everyone wrong week on week at the moment. Um, So yeah, let's see. But I think, I think for now, I'm quite happy if people are not giving us too much credit, to be honest, because it just means we're kind of doing our thing and grinding out the results and putting in good performances. So, yeah. Um, did you see on on BT Sports coverage, did you see the pre-match build-up at all? Did you see um, what Scott Parker was saying? No, and I, was, I was in the pub, so no. So I, I found this fascinating. I really loved the fact that um, Scott Parker was on because not necessarily that it was Scott Parker, but the fact that he's a current manager, well, obviously I think he's still unemployed, right? But like he um, was a manager during this Premier League season and, you know, it is a current manager, not like a pundit. Do you know what I mean? Um, and um, I thought it was, it was fascinating. He said some really interesting things and he was so, this is before the game started, he had so much praise um, for Arsenal. And and I think what one of the points that he said was, one of the points that he was alluding to is that most teams, even good teams, when you go out and you set them up a certain way as a manager, um, you know, you've got good players, you've got a decent system, but if you need to change anything fundamental, you kind of have to wait to half time. And he goes, but the best coach sides are so well drilled that the manager can literally wave a few hand gestures, do a few things and the system can fundamentally change. Right. And he goes, you can't prepare for playing a team like Arsenal because 
Arteta can change it so many times during a game without you even realizing anything's changed. Like he's not, it's not not a substitution or whatever. He's made a signal and all of a sudden the players all know exactly what, what he means and they're all shifting. They're all doing something slightly different. And he goes, that's what makes it really hard to play against. And he was, he was praising them so much about that because he was sort of also saying, which I I quite liked was, I think he made a, a bit of a, not a snide comment, but you know, you've got a lot of pundits at the moment who sort of try and compare what it's like playing now to how it was when they were playing. And what he was sort of saying is the information that players get now, it's nothing like how it was when, you know, they were all playing as players. It's completely different. He goes, the kind of details that top level players have to look into, like the angles at which you press, the kind of specific moments when you press, those sorts of things that they never had to think about before. Even the teams that, when inverted commas, were good at pressing, they never had it in that level of detail. Like when X player has the ball, you know that Y player from that team is going to be over there. So, you know, you need to be there. You specifically need to be like, that's not, and he goes, the top teams, are the ones that have sort of nailed that. And he goes, when you, when you look at Arsenal, they've, they've just nailed that. And I, I thought that was really, really interesting. And it was really nice hearing a manager who is in the weeds say that, right? Um, and so, yeah, anyway, I, I found that incredibly interesting. And I think when, when I watched the game, it really felt that way. It just felt like you're watching an incredibly well-coached side. It felt like Chelsea couldn't breathe at times. And I know they're going through... A, they're, they're going, go, going through their own transition and I'm sure they'll get to that level with Potter if they give him time. He's, he's meant to be a very talented coach. I love seeing the fact that we are seeing the result of a coach that's been given faith in terms of time, in terms of money, and the players just trust him. It's probably one of the proudest moments I've been, I think, watching an Arsenal team um, for a while. And I got the sense that the fans at the ground shared that Um because, you know, it felt like, again, they were just in in top, top voice compared to Chelsea fans who I think were, you know, no disrespect to them. It could have been any fans. I think they were sort of, like you said, uh, settled very early, not humbled. I think they were probably just there going, it's going to be a long day, you know? And I know there was no question. That was just a little bit of a monologue. I I definitely agree. I think it's this... We've we've all been on this journey, right? We've been saying, oh, let's trust the process, trust the process. And for all of us, not just the away fans in the ground last season, but for all of us last season, season before, we were all having conversations when we sat there in eighth place, being like, okay, we'll trust this process, but what is it actually going to give us? You know, okay, we can see, okay, we might get a few more goals, we might get a few more wins, but what is the end goal for this project? And we're starting, we're starting to see what the vision is. And the vision here is a team that is so well coached, like you said, Raj, a team that is, that knows what they're, all of them know their role on the pitch and all of them know where to go. And you watch us and it's, we're not a simple team. We're, we're a very complicated team, but we make it look very simple on the pitch with the way we play because everyone always seems to be in the right place we all seem to know where the other player is but that doesn't happen quickly it doesn't happen easily it happens through number one giving your manager time to coach the players but also giving trusting your manager to find the right players for this system you know we saw on the other end of the pitch Aubameyang who you know got got a bit of you know got a fair bit of abuse from the away fans today but yeah, he's a very, very good player, um, but he's just not right for this team. 
And we saw on our on our team, Gabriel Jesus, a striker that's struggling for goals, but still played very, very well, I thought. Mm-hmm. Um and and that's the difference, right? We had we you know, last season we had a striker who was very, very good in the box, could could finish very, very well, but didn't offer us anything else, and we suffered for that. This year, unfortunately, Jesus isn't offering everything in the box and in terms of goals, but outside it, even when he doesn't, he's still he's still offering so much for the team. And all of that is because the manager has chosen him as a player to to come in this summer. He's chosen Zinchenko. He's chosen this is his team now. These are his players. And we're seeing the reward of patience and tolerance. And the irony is the one club that probably doesn't give their managers time and the one club that doesn't allow their manager to develop players in a system is is probably Chelsea. So I wonder what Chelsea fans are thinking because I think the only way Potter succeeds at Chelsea is if they give him time. A hundred percent. There was a lot of that kind of soul-searching type reflection by pundits today, I think, when you know they were sort of saying, is this a moment for Chelsea to sort of look at it and sort of go, well, this is probably what we need to emulate, which is weird. It feels weird saying that about an Arsenal team that hasn't won anything yet. Yeah, we should remember that, but it it still is is it's 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 signs of a team that is going in an incredible direction given their age and just given where they are in their evolution. Um, but my maybe it's time to talk a bit more about individual performances in the game. Uh, Aaron and touched on 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 Jesus, on Jesus, sorry, and just one guy that I thought was wow. I'm speechless of how good he was today. Uh, was Thomas Partey. Uh, I thought he was absolutely outrageously good. I thought it was, it was a moment where I thought, I know Aaron and said it in the last, you know, Aaron and made the comment in the last pod. He, he said that, you know, there's probably no one, n- no midfielder in the league who's doing what he's doing. Mm. Um, I, I think he, today he looked like the best defensive midfielder in Europe. That's how good I think he was today. Um, what did you think of his performance? Yeah, I have to agree. I have to agree. Um, he, I think even against Forest, I mean, look, I think these performances have gradually been kind of uh, developing or, you know, I think he's generally been pretty good um, over the last few games. And yeah, he was immense today. And I think we finally, see, well, maybe not finally, maybe finally is a little bit harsh, but we're now seeing the player that we paid, um, you know, a lot of money for at an age where he was always just meant to come in and 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 kind of be that ready-made uh, midfield player. And I, and I think we spoke about it uh, probably last episode or, or definitely a recent episode where you know, that that the role that he's playing now being the sole holding midfielder, really, I think it just really suits him. I'm not saying he can't play with a partner or someone alongside him, but I think just the fact that he now has ownership from an Arsenal perspective. He now has ownership of that whole kind of central midfield area. It's his, it's his like, he just controls it. Basically he picks up the ball very deep and he then has, he then makes the right, he tends to make the right choice around what to do with the ball, whether it's drive forward, whether it's ping it left and right to Saka or Martinelli, whether it's to play it simple, whether it's to play a ball through the lines and, you know, hit Hazer straight away or Erdegaard, you know, he's, he, I just feel like he's basically playing this like kind of quarterback role, but then he's also got the aggression. He's also got the ability to tackle. And yeah, he he is looking like, as you say, Raj, you know, I don't know about best defensive midfielder in Europe. I, I, I get where you're coming from. Um, not thinking, not going to start naming names or anything to compare him, but I, I know what you mean. Um, 
and yeah, he, he's just becoming very, very dominant. He's, he's he's now become a what you'd probably call a Premier League central midfield player, where he now dominates games. And this is what we were looking for him f- for the last couple of seasons, right? And I and I guess the fact that he's had a good run of games without injury, touch wood, um, means that you know he's probably been able to kind of show what he's all about a little bit more than previous seasons where it's been very kind of stop start and interrupted and obviously he's had a couple of pretty like bad injuries um as well so so yeah but i i really put it down to the fact that he just he just now has a defined it's not so much a defined role but like i say just playing that sole defensive midfielder or central defensive midfielder role um I think it just really, really suits him. I think it just really suits his game. And he just basically dictates the play from deep, like a quarterback would. Um, and I, yeah, like I said, I think it just really, really suits him. And yeah, he, he he was immense today. And I think he's been he's been very, very good for the last few weeks. He gets into any team in, in Europe right now, though, right? Regardless of whether we think he's the best in this position. I mean, he's good enough to 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 fit in in, in, in any team, right? Um, it, it's, it, it is, like you say, it's, it's kind of what I think made, made a good point. We, we we paid a lot of money, and I think it was on, it was also one of those things that we hadn't really paid that kind of money for a midfielder, and um, so there was a lot of expectation. And and yeah, absolutely. He's he, he, I know from an Arsenal fan's perspective, it's quite frustrating that Garner have qualified for the World Cup. To be honest, it could really really have done with um, with with a break, but you know who knows how far Garner will get. Um, and another player today, Aaron and um, Saliba. From from again the TV, um, just he just looked so assured. He just I think I think BT gave him man of the match. Uh, he looked like just again imperious. There was one which was it was a it was a couple of funny incidents. There was that one where I don't know if you recall. I don't know if you managed to see it um, live. If 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 it looked as, as good, but there was one moment where he had played the offside trap. He, the, the the player was offside, so he's he's kind of waited for him to be offside, oh, but yeah. then he's just but then he's just thought, you know, what, I'm just going to tackle him anyway, and he <laughs> yeah. just do, he does him so casually for pace, and just kind of just does a little kind of shrug and, and gets the ball, and it was so imperious, it was it was phenomenal. What did you guys make of his performance today, Aaron? Yeah, I thought he was and Gabriel, but him especially. He, you run out of words to describe this kid who's still what 21. But he is, he's classy. He's hes not the type of player who, he's not a Tony Adams, right? He's not the type of player who is going to put in last-ditch tackles, dive in and make these amazing last-ditch tackles and is, you know, this aggressive player. Or doesn't look aggressive when you see him in terms of, you know, his one-on-one duels. But when you watch him defend, he just makes it look so, so easy. Um, yeah, the way he, he'll he go into a tackle, he'll just win the ball, he'll come out of it like he was expecting to win the ball every single time. It doesn't look like it's a struggle for him. It just looks like it's very easy. And then he'll come out and then his biggest challenge is like, okay, well, now when I've won the ball, I know I'm going to win the ball in this tackle. Who do I pass it to? And it's like when he's going into the tackle, he's already thinking, right, who am I going to pass this to when I win it? Whereas every other defender is like, I need to win this ball somehow. He has no doubt of his defensive ability and therefore he can just focus on his attacking ability once he's got it. And 
it's just really, really good to watch. I'm trying to, I can't think of who he just maybe Rio Ferdinand was a bit like this back in the day, but it's just a very, very classy defender. And he, yeah, I just hope he can maintain this form and he stays with us for a very, very long time because like everyone else in this team, he can only get better. And, you know, all this talk about the loan and how we handled it and all all that nonsense about him wanting to leave and him being annoyed at Arsenal, all that rubbish, it's just gone. Like, he's just on the pitch. He's bossing games. The manager's trusted him from day one and he's repaying that trust massively. Just just to add to that as well, right? Sorry, sorry, Raj. I was just going to add to that as well, kind of praising Saliba, really. Like, yeah, I mean, he basically just looked... I, 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 when you watch him, and, and considering he's now basically... I think, I'm guessing he started every Premier League game for us this season. When you watch that kind of collection of performances. I can't think of a weakness. Like I, For his age, considering he's just come straight into the team and he's just stepped up to this level, a uh, Premier League level, I honestly struggle to think of a an area that not to say he can't improve of course he can improve in all areas but you know there's you know generally when uh, you know a player arrives on the scene or whatever there's generally an area too where you think okay he can improve in this area i can't think of anything he's as aaron has sort of said you know he's strong he's fast he recovers well he seems to always be in the right position he mops up the ball all the time he's calm on the ball um you know yeah calm in calm in possession basically it just uh, you know he can head the ball it's just as a central defender, I, I don't know. I feel like we've got an absolute gem. And Aaron, and again, you touched on, I hope he stays with us for a very long time. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I know there's talk about the contract situation and um, what's going to happen with that. I personally am quite worried that he's probably getting a lot of talk in his ear from his agent and whoever else that, you know, X, Y, and Z clubs are eyeing him up with a lot of money. Uh, on the table if he were to leave on a free I'm not sure he'd necessarily leave on a free I don't know but yeah a little bit of a worry that you know he's obviously turning heads around Europe I would imagine and he's probably going to go to the World Cup whether he plays or not is another thing I don't know but I think he's probably going to make the squad and I guess that means there's there's a chance he gets some minutes and you know again he's kind of just uh, um, his profile's just going up and up so yeah um, yeah I mean it's just unbelievable how good he's been for us so far um and even after kind of a couple of mistakes you know the was it an own goal against Leicester as well um hasn't really phased him um hasn't his performances haven't dropped so yeah just unbelievable really you hope with the contract thing it's a you know one of the things about his age as well he's probably naive in a positive way (laughs) I mean that in the sense that we're, we're there's there's a unit of players who are all young who are all growing and who probably have a real feel-good factor at the moment. You know, imagine it's probably really fun in the dressing room and they all probably feel like they're going in a really good direction. And there's probably a lot of people that he feels that he connects with because they're all of a similar sort of age profile. Um, You you wonder whether stuff like that will make a difference and and he'll feel like ultimately, listen, look, man, like even if we, we, we know we probably won't win the league this year. And the, the sad thing is given the amount of spending capacity that City have, you know, even if we're better than every other team, City are probably always going to have that edge because of because of money. It's always going to be difficult. Um, but you know, when you if you can qualify for the Champions League in a knockout competition, you never know. You know, if we're playing, if we're continuing to sort of improve our level, then at, when it's the Champions League, it's a knockout competition, and, and he might think of it and think, well, I've got just as good a chance at Arsenal as as I have in another team. Um, yeah. 
you know, you, you know what my worry is, mate. You know what my, what my worry is just on the on on Saliba and the contract situation. Right, I think there's probably two names, two teams that I could see him being very very attracted to going to. Maybe he's even said this publicly. I don't know. I have this recollection of him saying something in an interview. One's obviously Real Madrid, who like it just seems like you know obviously they're just a you know a dream to play for for a lot of teams, even if they're not. You know, even if La Liga isn't what it used to be, but you know it's still Real Madrid and probably PSG to be honest is you know being a French kid and all of the rest of it I don't know if he's from Paris I don't think he is but you know again um, they seem to be the team to go to at the moment as well and obviously he's going to get paid a shitload on, on for, uh, with either of them and it's just uh, yeah it's just you know it's just one of those things isn't it I, I, I completely get where you're coming from but um, it almost reminds me of a Nelka a little bit I don't know why maybe, maybe the French thing just you know like completely out like um, you know, completely kind of a out of the blue type player came out of nowhere, had a massive impact, and then sort of pissed off for huge money. Um, but yeah, well, let's see what happens. But yeah, fingers crossed he does stay because um, looks an unreal player. One area of uh, you know, if you are going to criticise any aspect of our performance today, I'd probably say arguably it's the finishing today. Um, you know, we did have chances, and we did have lots of chances, but it did feel like we had a few chances. Um, and hey, Jesus, as as yeah, I think you touched on Aaron, and he offers so much, and he worked so hard. They did so much for the team. There were some things that he did. I remember where I used to just think about the times that he's done that for City against us, and I'm so glad he's doing that now for Arsenal. The way he spins players, the way he wins free kicks, the way that he just is in amazing positions. But the fact of the matter is, um, you know, we as a collective perhaps didn't finish very well today. Uh, does that concern you, Aaron, at all going forward? That if we continue playing like this, then fine. But games where we might not necessarily be playing as well, are you concerned that we don't necessarily have that cutting edge up front? Yeah, I think a bit. I think look, you look across all of our front line, or just in our squad, I don't think we have an elite finisher in our squad. Um, and the the good thing is we are creating enough chances now where that, that doesn't matter where, you know, you create fair enough. If, if it's one of those tight games where we get one or two chances and you have to have to take them and we miss them, that's fine. But I think the model and the team and the way we're building is not, is not that we're not, we're not playing deep counter-attacking football um, against teams that are dominant on the ball where we counter and then we have to take those one or two chances or the game's gone. We're we're setting up to dominate the ball. We're setting up to create chances. And ideally, you have two or three players that hopefully, if you give them enough chances, they score the majority of them. Now, look, I think Jesus isn't scoring as much as we want him to. And it, he's obviously not an elite finisher. We we all knew this beforehand. But I don't think he's a terrible finisher. I don't think he's bad at finishing. I just think he's not fair enough. He's not Haaland. He's not uh he's not Salah, he's not Son, but he is still a very, very good player. Just for whatever reason it's not quite working out, but he's he's still getting those chances. And I think at one point against you know, I thought it would be today. But at some point, it's going to click and he's going to score two or three in a single game because it will all go right. It does feel like it's weighing in on him quite heavily at the moment mm. where I think he's thinking about it a lot. He's he's still doing all the right things, though, isn't yeah. he? Like, it's going to come. It is going to come. Exactly. I just think no there's been it's the finishing. He's, you know, he's snatching at chances. He's not, yeah. he's not playing it that well. But 
I think it's at least for now it doesn't concern me that he's not scoring because like you said mine he's still getting chances I'm very confident that it's gonna come whereas again we we saw with like Lacazette even with Aubameyang they weren't getting the chances last season they they weren't even making the runs in the box we were and and actually what what that when that manifests it what it looks like is it doesn't look like strikers missing chances it's the the wide players the midfielders having no one to pass to because their strikers aren't doing the right things and you see today he's always an option everyone's always finding him and you know when he gets the ball unfortunately sometimes it doesn't come off but he drifted wide a lot today and that that was a bit annoying i was like come on you're the striker get in the box but i think in this system they they trust each other and they say, well, if I'm not going to get in the box, Martinelli or Saka will get in the box, or Erdogan will get in the box, or Jacka will get in the box. And it it seems to work. And it goes back to this complex, complex system of you can't put these players into boxes because they are it's very, very fluid, this system. Yeah, it it, it is. I think and it's also sometimes again. I, I always struggle to figure out whether something is a player's own doing or whether it's the coach who's kind of telling him. And you know, in this, in the whole point about going wide and um, uh, you know the areas that Hayes was perhaps taking up today, it's hard to know, isn't it? If it, if it's to do with any kind of confidence issue or if it is to do with um, any of Arteta's instructions. What I think is worth us doing as well, because I think guys, you know, we we should look towards our next couple of games. But it is really, you know, any any week, any game week where Arsenal win, Chelsea lose, Tottenham lose, Man United lose, it's just an amazing, it's an amazing game week. How how rare do those game weeks come? But we have one of those game weeks. United, I've, I've just got the highlights in front of me. United lost away at Villa and Tottenham, psh, Tottenham play at home to Liverpool today and... I'm sorry, but you know the way they set up, I still can't get my head around this. How defensively they set up. They basically named about, I don't know, what, six defenders and three defensive midfielders and 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 Kane. And they set up at home in that way. And they go 2-0 down in the first half. Like that is so... If I'm a Tottenham fan, I don't know what I'm thinking, to be honest, because in fairness, like Conte is probably the only reason why, yeah, well, the main reason why they finished in the top four last season and, and and you know, why they've actually been doing still quite well in the league. But oh my God, to set up that way at home and still lose. I think he'll get away with it, mate. You know why? He'll get away with it because he'll probably, who knows, but he'll probably still get them top four just purely because he'll get the results that they need. And I think Spurs fans will probably accept that for another couple of seasons. Because what, what, I mean, I think, again, we said this before previously, like what else can they really demand? Like if they're getting Champions League consistently, maybe a decent cup run or something, I don't know. Like what else can they really ask for? I'm not, you know, don't, I don't think as a Spurs fan, you can really demand much more, to be honest. There's no history of winning stuff. I mean, this this is very true, but and and maybe I'm giving Spurs fans too much credit here, but I have heard Spurs fans in the past talk about, you know, wanting to play the Spurs way, and I think what that seems to mean is is you know they like to be an attacking team, and they actually like those days, you know, even under whether it's Harry Redknapp or whoever it was, you know, that kind of football where all right, fine, results weren't always great, but 
you know, whatever. There was a certain t- type of play. And I feel like, and, and again, maybe this is a bit of delusion on their part. They kind of look and when they're playing someone like Liverpool at home and, you know, they feel like they should be able to go toe-to-toe and, and they should be able to play sort of expansive football. But to set up like, you know, they set up like Burnley at home to Liverpool. That's how how they set up today, right? And I, I mean, I wonder whether the fans start getting on their backs. I've heard a lot of Spurs fans complaining already. I do think you're right though, Mice. At the end of the day, it's quite hard to argue if you finish in the top four. Yeah, but he's under. But do, but do you not think this style puts him under pressure? I think it is. I, I said. I think I said it a few weeks ago. I can't remember what the game was or what happened. And there was a period where they either yeah, same kind of thing, basically. You know, just um, uh, playing very very defensive and and uh, just setting up in the rock. Well, what I was, what I considered to be the wrong way. And um, I just thought. I, I think I said to you guys in the group chat. You know, I think he's under pressure. Like, well, I think he. Sh- I said he should be under pressure. He should be under more pressure. But then when again, like, kind of what I just like what I just said. When you think about it, if he's still getting them out of their Champions League group, um, which they did by the sort of skin of their teeth, to be honest, and if he's keeping them in the top four, I'm not really sure Levy or anyone else is really going to complain too much because he's doing what. Conte does basically I think when you bring in a manager like Conte that's what you're going to get and I think it's only when they start if and when they start dropping down the table or that you know results really start to suffer that suffer excuse me then um then I think he's then I think things change a little bit where he probably is under a bit of pressure yeah and what do you think about United Aaron and um you you are closely related to a United fan just like mine <laughs> yeah. is closely related to a Tottenham fan and um and you know United today losing to losing to Unai Emery on his uh, first uh, first game as a <laughs> Villa manager. I haven't yeah I haven't spoken to my brother, but he went up to Villa Park today as well. Um, oh wow! Oh really? So wow! Brothers on I, tour, um, amazing. <laughs> but um, I, like this, United are just a, a weird team. Where I've said this for a few years, probably like last three or four years, I still don't know if they're good. I don't think they're good, but other people keep telling me that they're good or that they're back. Uh, by the way, but, I made two separate £100 bets this season that Arsenal will finish oof. above Man United with Man United fans. Oh, really? Oh, I've got yeah. a similar bet with the Man United fans. 50 quid, but yeah, it's, same it's, bet. One is, so so Nish on the screen, Nish's brother is a Man United fan, and he right. bet me £100 on, this stag, on, on Nish's stag do. He probably won't remember it because he was drunk. He's a £100 bet. United to finish above. I think uh, that's just, yeah, United are... Uh, I don't know where to start. I think they could be good this year with under Ten Hag, if they trust him, if they let him do his thing. He seems like the most likeliest person in a long time to get them to a decent level. But you know, Man United is, is still the, the you know the billion the billion pound squad, right? There's the Man, the Man United that are playing everyone five hundred k a week or whatever it is, and. They they lose to Emery. They they still have very average players in the back, in the midfield, even up front. Um, yeah, I I don't know. People keep telling me they're back. Um, I look forward to seeing it when they actually are. Yeah, with United, with me, it, it feels like every time they have a bad result, it always looks like it was coming and it looks like the next result or the next game looks slightly precarious. Like, but when they, when they had been winning recently, I was getting concerned about them. You know, it's one of the, when they're, when they're playing okay, they actually look okay. 
Um, and like you say, because of their squad, they've got you know really good players. But you know, but now, I mean, after losing today, they're they're away at Fulham next. And I look at that and I think I don't know if they'll win that game. I don't know if they'll win away at Fulham. Mm. Yeah, it's like they. What was I going to say? Um, they're 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 one of those where you. You said something. I completely forgot what I was going to say. Now my mind has gone blank. Dr- still a bit drunk. <laughs> Probably. Um, no, it's gone. Just either way. Tonight, yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't think they're very good. I think they will. They. they I think they'll struggle to get top four this season. Oh, oh, that's it. I remember what I was going to say now. Um, but they're in. They're in transition, right? And we've seen this where, like, the hardest part of like transitioning is actually doing the transition and actually seeing it through and we've seen this with so many clubs and so many managers is that you need to give your manager time and you need to let your manager see out his vision for then for you to assess it is this vision any good and to do that with man united to do that and there's a few clubs like that actually chelsea are probably the same right now um newcastle are a very similar stage where new manager and that that transition seems to be happening a lot quicker for them so fair play but Chelsea Man United Liverpool are building a new squad now and they're in transition everyone except City and to a certain extent us who are on the back of this transition have to it will get worse for them before it gets better and the Mm. problem is um it will when it gets bad their fans and the pundits don't seem to understand that they're in transition and they'll throw their toys out of the pram mm-hmm. and then they'll probably just end up sacking him because they lose three or four because he's trying to build something new. And then, like I said, that you won't see the benefit of whatever any manager is building because they don't have the patience to see it through. And we went through the same with Arteta and we did, we are seeing it through and hopefully we're going to see the benefits of this, but yeah, I don't, I don't think they'll have the patience. It is interesting now we look at the league table, right? Um, it's Arsenal again retaining that top spot. Amazing. It just looks better every time you look at it. Played 13, won 11, drawn one, lost one. That's ridiculous. 34 points. Ridiculous. It is mad, isn't it? It's, it's, it's genuinely mad. It's got to the point now where it feels like, you know, it feels like everything that's not a win um, requires an inquest. You know, it's like, it, it's that, it's, um, it's crazy. Uh, Look, enjoying it while it lasts and all the rest of it. But let's look at the the rest of the table. It just it just looks it makes it look really interesting for Arsenal, doesn't it? Because look, Man City are like you know two points behind, and yeah, they'll they'll obviously they're obviously still way favourites for the the title. But then when we look um, past that, we've got Newcastle third on twenty seven points, so that's seven points behind Arsenal with a game with 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 one more game played. That's it's really interesting. It's quite a gulf, you know, that starts appearing. Tottenham the same, 14 games, 26 points. It's a game more than Arsenal. Man United have got 23 points. Brighton a six on 21. Chelsea on 21. Liverpool on, on 19. I mean, the difference between Liverpool and Arsenal points was is 15 points. That's a lot of points. Um, and look, I, I think the only reason I'm pointing this out now really is, I, I, you know, top four was our aim. Um, I think it, it, it still it still kind of is like the 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 main thing that we want to make sure that we achieve this season, but it just feels great, doesn't it? Because the way that I think we played today, and looking at the league table, it just suggests to me that 
it's sustainable like what we're doing to at least kind of be up there it's it's sustainable um but i guess injuries are going to be that interesting um factor but we are only one game away from the world cup uh sorry one league game away from the world cup just before we talk about that league game mys are you looking forward to playing brighton on wednesday in the league cup at home I am. Um, obviously, we're going. So, and it's going to be the last game, as you say, that we are all going to go to before the before the World Cup. So, just naturally, I'm excited. Are we sitting in our normal seats, by the way? Are we no, we're sitting kind of on the halfway line, lower tier, twenty rows up. I think it is something like that. Kind of the dugout side. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah, so you might get to meet like El Nenny or something, mate. Who knows? Um, <laughs> Cedric. Uh, Cedric, Aaron, <laughs> start throwing something. Oh wait, um, yeah. I mean, am I? I mean, look, in terms of the actual game, uh, this isn't. This is really interesting. So, like, I would love like us to go on a, a cup run, it, it, as we would any season, of of course. Um, but this season, it feels a bit different, right? Because it does feel like now. I'm not sure it's a case of we're going to have to prioritize, but the fact that every week that goes by and every kind of time we seem, you know, we seem to be winning every week pretty much. Right. And we're knocking off the games one by one. And we're kind of getting closer and closer to that, you know, whatever the points total we need to get top four and dare I say it second or third, or maybe even first, who knows what's, what's going to happen for the rest of the season. But, you know, games like Brighton in the league cup do become very, very kind of, they drop down on the priority list. Um, and, my, and I guess same kind of worry as with the Europa League games, but probably even more more of a worry because the Europa League, we needed to get out of the group. We needed to finish first. You know, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if we if we basically went out on Wednesday. And I'm not saying I want us to lose or anything. I was like going to ask. I was going to ask you. Do you do you, is there an element of you that thinks that? Though? Not not really, because like I said, I want us to. You know, I want to go to Wembley. So from a fan's perspective, from a like you know match going fan perspective, I want to go to you know yeah let's say a Wembley final even if it is the league cup but um ultimately there's kind of bigger fish fish to fry I think there will be bigger fish to fry this season come the running so it might end up just being a bit of a distraction and I, so uh, my, so just yeah going back to what I was saying my my kind of worry is is that it's a premier league team a very very good premier league team as well i'm sure that they will come into this game with a a strong team they'll probably rotate a couple of players but otherwise I think that um, I think Brian will put out a strong team and I think as a result we're probably going to have to do the same like I'm not saying we'll play the same team as what we play today or what we'll play on Saturday against Wolves but I think he's going to go pretty strong with a little bit of rotation and look I guess on the flip side of the kind of you know you've got the I've got the worry that someone's going to pick some pick an injury up or whatever but I guess on the flip side of that if someone does get an injury, they've got a few weeks to recover and maybe they just miss Wolves, which would be kind of best case scenario. But yeah, I just, I mean, look, I, I, the League Cup's always quite interesting because I guess normally when we enter the competition at this this phase, at this round, it's, we, you know, we get, weirdly, I think we normally get like a random, not random, but like a lower league team at home and we tend to just put in like the Carlos Velas and the Lupulis and the, Justin Hoyts and whoever else, right? And I guess we're not going to do that on Wednesday. So it's going to be a little bit different to our normal kind of first League Cup game. So I'm, I'm really interested to see what kind of team he puts out. I do think he'll go strong. Um, but look, being completely honest, I think 
I don't want us to lose, of course. And and I guess losing any game, even if it's a game that we could almost afford to lose, you know, you, you that does. It's not just the fixture congestion. It's the you know we're on a really good run at the moment. We don't really want that run to end, even if it is in the League Cup. So I do obviously I want us to go and win. But I guess ultimately, like, if we ended up going out on Wednesday, I'd be over it pretty quickly as long as we go and beat Wolves on Saturday. So I actually, yeah, I actually think we will lose on on Wednesday. Yeah. Do you think he'll go very um like I think he'll play a Europa League team. And actually I think he'll fully commit to it. And I think I don't know who's been on the bench for these Europa League games, but maybe he's been the first team. I think he's been playing like he's he's had a very strong bench because he's been second coming off the bench. I think he might just say, you know what, I need to give these players minutes that and and to be fair, most of these players have been having minutes and we haven't really got the 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 youth players who to come in off the bench, but I think he might just say, "Look, I'm just going to play these these kids on the bench and give them minutes if I need to, because this is the only game I'm going to do that." I don't. I don't think he will, man. You think? I don't, I don't you think, think he'll? So. I think he'll go game. pretty short. Like who, there'll be some natural rotation, like holding might come in Turner if he's fit, maybe El Nenny, probably in Ketia, maybe like. But they're all kind of, you know. Uh, they're not kids, basically, right? They're just the B team, yeah. as it were. So I, I can see him going pretty strong. I still see someone like a Martinelli starting or Jacques Maybe. starting. Yeah, yeah, because I don't think Arteta likes. He doesn't want to lose, and actually, there are a lot of players that need minutes still, right? Onani probably needs minutes. Sinchenko, though he played today, probably needs minutes to find form. The annoying thing is, like this form they find, they probably won't get to realize it for another six weeks because we've only got one game, which is a bit annoying, but. I I think Brighton, they, they're the type of team that could, if they get their act together and, you know, they have been this season, like have a good good run at this cup and have a good go at it. Um, and do, I but think, do you think, to a certain extent, Brighton might also think of it, they're doing quite well in the league and they've got their own, you know, squad fitness stuff to manage. Maybe. So do you not think they might think that it's Possibly, just a competition but, too much? Yeah, but I think if you're Brighton, what... Like, like this, these are the things that annoys me when these clubs rest players in the cups that they could win in that they know they're not going to win the league. Um, no disrespect. They know. And yes, the league is the money and league is, you know, they, they might push for Europe and there's money there. But surely if you're a fan, you want a cup run and you want, and especially when you're like a Brighton who are capable of beating anyone on their day. I think if we play our B team, as you say, Mize, and if Brighton play their first team, I think they, will be harder than any Europa League team that we've played. Yeah, exactly. And which is we, why I think we could lose. Strong. Yeah, which is yeah, yeah, that's I why I think yeah. we'll go strong. Yeah. I mean, Digi in the comments, 100% kids, extra fixtures this season, just no. So, I mean, Digi really, really doesn't want um, us to be <laughs> sacrificing, um, well, not sacrificing, but, you know, I get his point here. You know, we, you play kids, you get them have experience, you go out of the competition and it's like, well, yeah, whatever. Um and I guess there is that risk of of putting out first team players and getting injured, and then or or, or just having more fixtures later, etc. But yeah, I hear your point. You know, I think there were some good points made by the two of you about the pros and cons of doing that. Looking to the Wolves game, on the other hand, like that's the yeah, I'm you know I'm sure if if you said to Arteta, listen, would you take a, a loss at Brighton, um, a loss against Brighton if you could win at Wolves? He'll absolutely say yes. I think every day of the week he'll take it um, because. Yeah, every Premier League game is just super, super, super important. And um, what, what do we think about Wolves away? Are we going to suffer the same way that Man United suffered today with uh, a bit of new manager bounce, maybe? 
Um, do you think we could suffer that against Wolves? Because Wolves have just named, um, I can never pronounce the name right. It's, it's Lopetegui, isn't it? Um, I think so. Is that how I think. Oh, right. okay. I thought it was Lopetegui. But that doesn't sound very Spanish. I think Rogers was closer. <laughs> <laughs> You're still drunk, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, they got a new manager anyway. Well, however you pronounce his name. Yeah. Um, and he's a fairly seasoned guy, right? Yeah. He's managed Real Madrid. Um, and um, so, yeah, obviously he won't have had that much time to do anything. I think Unai actually has had t- a bit of time to to work with Villa. Um, but um, but 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 uh, Julian Lopetegu, um maybe not. But still, there is the um, new manager bounce. Is it something we've got to be worried about? Or, I mean, I mean, Wolves have been pretty trash this season, haven't they? I mean, where, do, where are they sitting in the league? Right now? They're 19th. Second Holy moly. You, you don't want to play <laughs> Arsenal um, when you're when you're joint, joint bottom. Jesus Christ. I didn't realise it was that bad. Okay. Um, I've lost eight games. Uh, eight, 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 Forest and Southampton, the two games they've won. So. They've scored eight goals. <laughs> yeah liverpool scored more than what that in one game <laughs> um anyway uh right let, now i'm like i'm bantering them off they're blatantly going to get a result aren't they but um talk to you about what you think about that. i mean look it's a way I, I always think like away anywhere in the premier league isn't is is not easy um and i suppose if you're looking for reasons why um you know what could slip up i suppose arsenal have just gone away to one of the on paper harder grounds in the league to go to and they've won um my, is there any concern on your part that there could be a little bit of complacency going into Wolves? No, no, not complacency. Definitely not. I think that's one thing that Arteta clearly is not willing to tolerate, is not willing to accept. And I think you can see that from the consistency we're now starting to show. I think when we've lost games in the past, i.e. previous seasons, like back end of last season, for example, the little kind of losing runs we went on, I don't think that was necessarily complacency. I think complacency, sorry, or, or or maybe it was, and I think he's kind of eliminated eliminated that from this squad now. Um, so definitely not complacency. There's still a worry, like you say, Raj. It's it's an away game. Um, I think we've struggled at Wolves maybe recently. I haven't. I can't remember. I, I think there's like there was the David Luiz penalty, and uh, I think uh, a couple of seasons ago, um, yes. and red card, and we lost that game. I think and. Yeah, I just, I don't know, I don't, don't have particularly good memories from Wolves, but I'm probably forgetting a couple of results. But, you know, Saturday night game, uh, narrative's going to be that, you know, their fans are going to be well up for it. But look, if you look at it on paper, like you say, you just kind of touched on their uh, form, their perform, uh, not performances, their results. You know, if you've only won two games all season and like you say, eight goals scored, and I think the two wins were Southampton and Forest. I mean, anything other than a win, to be honest, is 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 pretty it's failure. I would say that's failure to be honest. We should be winning this game. So I can't, I can, and I think, I think the, I think what Arteta is really, I, I, I mean, like, I'm not obviously not a football coach or anything and I'm not telling him what he should be doing, but I, I feel like he, I'm sure he probably is. I feel like he should be telling them, look, you know, if you guys go and win this game against Wolves, you then go into this world cup or go into this break top of the league. And I think mentally that is such a, like that's such a massive thing because at every point, so every kind of game week this season, everyone's been waiting for us to drop off. Even after we lost to United, everyone thought, okay, you know, now Arsenal are going to kind of drop to where they supposedly should be in the table. And that hasn't happened. We've just stuck, we've just been, we've just been, you know, basically winning games, at, performing at a very, very high level consistently. And so, you know, like I say, this 
this team, you know, from what happened at the back end of last season to now say, well, kind of six months on, you now go into this this mid-season break, top of the table, ahead of Man City, ahead of Liverpool, ahead of all the other big teams. That that must be massive. That must be massive for them. And I think he really needs to push that onto them to say, you know, you go you go and turn up for this game. It's like what Aaron was saying against, uh, you know, um, I think I think we're talking we were talking earlier about the Chelsea game or pre- looking forward to the Chelsea game. It's like if we turn up and play our game, we should win the game. And I think that's definitely the case on Saturday. If we turn up, play at the level that we can play at, we should, to be honest, I feel like we should take them apart. I'm not saying it's not going to be as straightforward as that, uh, you know, because like you say, it's a it's a tough Premier League away game and Wolves do actually have quality. They're just obviously something's not really working for them at the moment. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think we'll win again. I'm reluctant to keep predicting wins because it's like I'm almost jinxing it and at some point it's going to go horribly wrong. But yeah, if you're asking for a prediction, I, I think we'll win. I'm going to go 3-0. I think it'll be a comprehensive win. Aaron, is there is there a chance that a week away? It's a week away from the World Cup, right? Literally a week. Is there a chance that, that players in our team will be thinking, "I better not get injured today"? Oh, interesting. Yeah, possibly. Especially, well, they wouldn't have announced the squads yet. Right, they, they they England would have England, England plan on announcing yeah. their squad on Thursday. Oh, interesting. So I guess like Brazil, I think Brazil is a big one as well for us. Like Martinelli, Jesus, uh, Gabriel. Um, I think possibly, yeah. I, I would hope that these players now they know that look, they're in a title race, possibly, and actually you can't then worry about getting injured because every game is going to be different but it this is new right this is no one's been in this situation before no one's been like this i know remember um the premier league actually agreed with the fa that there would be no big six versus big six games next week because oh, really? they don't want any intense uh <laughs> any intense matches before before the world cup um they just did two today <laughs> yeah yeah two today but then next week so they yeah exactly yeah um so i mean it doesn't really make a difference right because all these games in the premier league are intense right like man united lost to Aston villa <laughs> probably worked harder than they did in some big games so we i hope not but you're right i think that is a a bit of a concern um especially for players who I think know that they are starters in their national team squad. So like Parte, uh, Parte, Xhaka, uh, Jesus, uh, Saka. Um, yeah, I think they're the ones that will really worry. Um, Jesus is he, not nailed on though, is he? He's not, he's not hundred percent nailed. No, on. possibly not. But I think a starter or like very close to starting, right? Where he's mm. de- like really pushing for a starting place. And especially for the Brazilians, right? They're like, the World Cup is their, their thing, right? I know for the national English national team, the players care a lot about their country, but for, for Brazilian players, mm, all they different. care about is playing for their country. And the interesting thing is, what if some of them don't make it? Like, what if Martinelli doesn't make it? What effect, impact will that have on the squad, on his morale and his his form? Will that set him back? Um, 
so I'm hoping Brazil can just wait till after Sunday to announce the squad. Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting. When no one's been in this situation before. No one's no. like it's it's weird, right? So like, having it so close is is going to be interesting. Like how when is when does the World Cup start again? Is that literally? It's literally a week after. Like the first game, I think, is the Saturday. The twentieth. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sunday. I've just checked. Yeah. All oh, right. I mean, it's it's like Iran versus Qatar. Isn't it Iran? Is it sorry? No, Qatar, Qatar versus, versus Ecuador. Ecuador. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. I think I think just on on that as well, Raj. Like subconsciously, like that. That surely, right? If you know, if you're if you're if you are playing this weekend and you're you know you're likely to make the squad or whatever you know make the world cup in the back of your mind you probably are going to pull out of a couple of challenges you probably are going to sort of you know kind of hold yourself back a little bit i think and and like like you guys just said right normally you know season finishes you get what i don't know three two three four weeks between that and Mm. the world cup and you just there's no recovery time now so i can yeah um I can see, I'm not saying necessarily with Arsenal players, I just think in general, I think just in general, players are probably going to have that in the back of their mind. Look, But I don't know, I guess at the same time, they're elite footballers, um, different mentality to to, to us. And, and maybe they, you know, they kind of almost are able to block block that out and they're just focusing on what they need to do um, on, on Sunday. And uh, Sorry, Saturday. And I guess with our game, with Arsenal, you know, there's a hell of a lot, you know, every game now is, like huge it's absolutely massive so at least at least it's a case of you know we're in a very very good position and it's almost a case of like we need to focus win the game to maintain that position and it's just a lot riding on the game again so hopefully that's enough of a distraction where you know the world cup almost is is a is is an afterthought um for after wolves indeed the next time we record um i think all of them will be named so we'll know who's in the squad etc um so it'll be good to reflect on that. Yeah. It'll also be good to reflect on where we finished uh, in the league positions pre-World Cup. Um, so really look forward to that. But guys, quick predictions, right? Um, league Cup and Wolves, just very, very quickly. Mize, what are you going for? Uh, I hadn't even thought about League Cup. League Cup, I'll say 1-1. I'm assuming it goes to extra time penalties on the night. It must do. So I'll go Arsenal, win it after a draw in normal time. And yeah, I already said my 3-0 Arsenal. Nice, nice win 3-0 uh, against Wolves. I think we will lose against Brighton 2-1. Um, because like I said, I think we'll play our B team and they'll play their first team and they'll just beat us. Um, Wolves, I think we will win 2-0. Interesting. I'm going to go for... Um... I'm going to go for a loss at, at home in the League Cup as well, actually. Um, I've just, yeah, just got, I'm going to go for a loss. And I think it will be 2-1 as well. I think we'll lose 2-1 or 3-1. I don't think it's going to be like a battering or anything like that, but I think it just might be one of those games where it's one all for a while and then um, and then Brighton get the, the, the second and maybe just a you know a sucker punch at the end uh, as we're trying to chase the winner. And then on the, sorry, chase the equaliser rather. Um, but I think we'll be, Wolves. I think we'll beat Wolves 4-0. So that's it. All right, guys. Listen, um, really great chat. I mean, I think we're all incredibly proud of our team right now. And 
it's just another week where we're top of the league. It's so weird. Uh, but, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's fun, isn't it? Um, guys, it's been an absolute pleasure. Aaron, and thank you for joining, particularly after the massive session that you've had. Um, <laughs> but uh, listen, man, like uh, I feel like, I feel like, given the experience, you really wanted to be here and get it off your chest. Absolutely. Well. Um, so. Need to go to bed now. <laughs> very, good. very good all right guys we'll call it there um good night thank you everyone for listening um thank you everyone in the comments digi janigan um etc chan um thank you sorry nish many of you who have participated thank you very much um and uh yeah we'll all talk shortly all right take care everyone bye cheers guys see you bye yeah.